watching prohibition fall down. What's up, growers? This is Grow Talk. How do you say Grow Talk in Spanish? Uh, I don't fucking know. Yeah, I don't. Even. What? <laughs> That's you think you're supposed to speak Spanish? <laughs> yeah, but I'll just use English words when I don't know. I'll, you know, I'll use eighty percent Spanish and just use some English. And most of the time, it takes about eight minutes till they go. No, it takes about ten seconds till they can just just talk English to me, will you? We'll just do like the like the, the ignorant Americans do sometimes. You know, the grow talky. Like just try and change the word a little bit, like they're gonna understand. <laughs> yeah, I'll do that every now and again. It's human, all right. All right, before we get into the grow talky, uh, which is going to involve reducing light during flowering, we've got some temp issues, massive tricantinol. We've got a little tricantinol discussion. Guru did a little research as well. Yeah. Powdery mildew help and storing clones for three days, question mark. Oh, my God. How will we do it, sir? All pulled off of dudegrows.com under the growing questions, grower questions. Yes. Uh, DGC membership going strong. New giveaway, if you haven't heard, chilled LED 5x5 grow kit from Rapid LED. Rapido, I know how to say that. (laughs) So I don't know if if that's, this is wrong, but it's it's just coming off the tongue. That'll work. So. Uh, tell us about, man, this thing does a five by five area. This is all the grow mouse pucks. Is that what it is, Guru? It's all the chilled logic pucks. Yeah. Grow mouse okay. designed. It's, uh, I think a blend of white LEDs and then some supplemental red LEDs in there too. So to just win it, you get perfect, gotta be perfect a, flower light. Gotta be uh wait, it does veg as well or no? The oh, oh, no, no. I mean, definitely it pretty much any white led is going to be good for vegetative growing as well. But it just in terms, it has a little bit of extra kick and flower with those uh, six supplemental six sixties and six thirty uh, supplemental six sixties. That's what yeah. I'm talking about. Anybody that's a member will be entered next month, which will be April 15th. Uh, we'll be giving it away. We'll let you know, keep you on the details. We just go through the members list pick a winner this is a kit so i'm trying to figure out other ways if somebody gets this and it's not you know what do you give it a, a scale one out of ten rating you should be a little bit handy to put it together guru correct uh just just it's a little bit the, the the main part someone putting it together might have trouble with is the wiring would be the only thing but it, it's it's fairly simple and uh they have pretty good instructions on rapid led for that part yep right on other than that dgc cup is coming up as well guys dgc cup at gmail that's april 13th uh, if you need genetics man hit it up duke diamond's gonna be there seeds here now ocean grown genetics ethos irie genetics sunleaf seed co and mammoth microbes which doesn't have seeds but they got the microbes yeah. to help those seeds yes they do uh so and also for if you have requests go to seeds here now see what they got in their catalog uh, on their site, seedsyearnow.com, they have access to the forum, and we have a room over there, Do Grow Show room. If you get up on in there and put your seed pack request, uh, James Bean's going to do his best as what he can bring out. Yeah, he wants to know what you want. Just to let you know. Yeah. All right, you want to see who's growing some dank? Get into the Grow Show. Come on, you amped up to do this? I know I know you was all jamming your music earlier. You're a complex dude, by the way. You know that? <laughs> Why? Because the variety, the variety you hear? Yeah, he'll have DeAntwort going sometimes and, you know, something really hardcore. He'll have, what, an hour of powerful Viking music? Wait, one hour of powerful Viking music is the title, and that's specifically t- for working out usually. It makes you feel like you're in the battle. Hey, come on. I don't know. I'd rather put some pig face on myself. But uh, I'll try that next time. And so I, I, we hang out this morning, and he's got on 
what is it, Paul Simon? What, Hell what, yeah. What, what is that song? It's, what, you can call me Betty, and Betty, if you can call me, you can call me Al. <laughs> I don't even know the name of the song, but the lyrics, yes. I mean, I'm stoned enough to just be like, what the fuck is happening here? This is obviously smoking <laughs> weed. All right, anyway, I love your complexity. Yeah. I love it. I think Paul Simon's smoking some weed for sure. All right, let's see who's growing some dank on DudeGrows.com. DGC out there, get your dank nugs up under the latest. Yeah. Today, we have Ice Cream Man F2. This is posted by Rizo Rich. Yes, Rizo Rich. I I totally forgot that me and him chat on Facebook all the time. A really cool guy. Uh, 315 fan, by the way. And uh, yeah, check this out. Check out what he's doing. Does Mike Horizon ever enter the conversation with you and uh, Rizo Rich? No, he's just just a cool guy. We talk about people (laughs) things. This is Ice Cream Man by Compound Genetics, throwing some gorgeous colors and starting to put a fade on nicely. This one has been very pleasant surprise for me on this run. Strong apricot orange smells with a hint of jet fuel. Yeah. Exactly like the name implies. Grown in my own homemade amended soil using FFJs, which is fermented fruit juices, right? Compost right. teas, mm-hmm. mammoth pea, recharge, and photosynthesis plus to make sure that he's using every microbe under the sun. Mm, which not bad. If you believe in microbes, why not? Using a 315 and a 400-watt HPS slash metal halide and a 600-watt LED for a nice mixed spectrum, which the girls seem to really love. Yes. So I can't wait to chop this girl's down. Smoker, much love, DGC. Check these flowers out. Look great. Much love back at your flowers look great. And if you Absolutely. have all those lights... If you can mix the spectrum, I don't, and you have canopy plants under all, but I'm totally for using mixed spectrum. Absolutely. And if you're able to cool them, the right environment is everything. We just had a buddy come over and I was like, what the hell's the difference between this weed and the last weed? You stepped it up and man, he dialed his environment, bought a dehumidifier. This guy specifically did and dialed it up big time. Dialed it up. Yes. And this fire looks great. That's what, that's one other uh, photography tip. Um, taking pictures of your ladies in the dark yep. with the LED flash on just even your camera. Always, I mean, if you got strikes going, it shows them beautiful with the reflection. The uh, the cuticle covered trichomes, as we're learning in Grow Talk. Wow. Oh, uh, we got one more here. Frosty Touch Passion Outlaw by Grouse Groves. Yeah, a smoky. Oh. Way the hell, DGC, DGC up in Canada, Newfoundland, Newfoundland Lab. Wait. I believe it's Labrador. I don't want to be oh. insulting. They're not the same thing, Scotty. Oh, my God. We, got, we know people up there? Yes, and they grow cannabis, apparently. And when it's negative 40 Fahrenheit out, it's not necessarily a big deal. Wow. <laughs> Come on. My face will freeze off. It doesn't like your uh, nose tip freeze off at that temperature. It's like what? To talk to grouse grows. You leave your car plugged in, you just let it warm up for an hour. Yeah, I don't have to plug <laughs> in my car. <laughs> Let's get into this flower here, though. It goes hello to all my great DGC friends. I've just harvested some outlaw by Dutch Passion. It's eight to twelve week flowering stream, but the phenol I have won't go past nine weeks. Oh, Love it. Yeah. The smell is lightly rotten fruit and candy with nice sweetness to it. The taste is like a perfectly ripened bowl of fruit. Full body flavor leaves you wanting more. Yeah. High is very uplifting. After two to three joints, you're looking for something to do. So that's a toker. It's taking two to three joints, right? Some people, like, you know, hit a joint once, twice, maybe once. Like, <laughs> I'm good right now. That's like an hour of smoking constantly. And then go, yeah, I bet you after smoking three joints, you're like, all right, let's fucking do something, man. Let's go visit somebody. <laughs> it is the number one thing. Uh, bud formation was not as good in week six. 
a pump went out and he goes, two days, no water and look fuddled big time. Ouch. They never recovered, but still gave me some dank. Big thanks to everyone in the DGC. I mean, what you got there on your flower, and I wanted to comment on this, like sometimes it's not about, we all have the, you know, the whatever, the high times cover picture of kind, but you know, right. perfect, coned up, beautiful flower. It's frosty though, man. Yeah, it is, and flowers grow in all sizes, shapes, and forms, and there's all different needs for them. So I always remember in Amsterdam, some of the first really nice flower I smoked, uh, it didn't look good. It had a bag like value of what do they call it? A bag, bag of value, appeal. bag, bag of appeal, appeal mm -hmm. of about three point five. Okay, but my god, it smoked freaking great. It was like some land race sativa or something from Africa, so it looked like just dirt weed, and it was. Fabulous. But anyway, shout out to Grouse Grows, man. Appreciate getting up the dank nug. Yeah, I was just thinking as you were talking, if it's negative 40 out, how many joints would it take you to actually go outside? It might take me three joints to come and do something. <laughs> I think the amount of joints it would take to get me outside is also the amount of joints it would take to make me just stay inside, too. Interesting. <laughs> you know, I'm not going outside. Hey, yeah, <laughs> my car's plugged in. So I don't I, live in a. I, I live in a place that it's not like that on purpose. <laughs> if I ever go up there, though, if I ever go to uh, to Labrador, at least I know I got grouse grows to get baked. Yes, love to. Would love to. We got to get our own plane. All right, we'll get into the grow talk here. Come on, let's do it. We got reducing light during flower by heavy hemp. All right, it says, uh, hey, guys. Yes, sir. Hey. Yes. <laughs> this is my first time posting, but I've listened to the show for a while now and always appreciate how much there is to learn from the feedback you guys give to growers. Appreciate it. It's a community thing, learning in public. Yes, Everybody, sir. everybody's giving in. Um, so, so somewhat of a multifaceted question for you today. I recently started growing indoor hemp for feminized seed production about six weeks ago and joined a team that was growing about 450 hemp plants per cycle. So by hemp plants, is he specifically, when you say hemp, you're usually talking about something that's 0.3% THC or less, correct? Right. I think by definition, yeah. Okay. He goes, here's the, which don't get me wrong. I, well, hemp feminized seeds, seeds. That's what everyone's trying to do just because outdoors, it's a, a lot harder and more labor intensive to go through and have to cull males. Right. It's also I, on that scale, kind of hard to plant everything by clone. Um, and with growing outdoors in like soil like that, uh, clone isn't really ideal because it doesn't have a tap root. So it's not sending a deep tap root. It kind of just roots out in its general area. Right. And it's not ideal for growing in a field. Uh, so really when we're after female cannabis flowers for CBD and the other secondary cannabinoids and terpenes and flavonoids and everything, they kind of need feminized seed. And I think a lot of farms were realizing that last year mm -hmm. and implemented programs to be able to have feminized feeds seed stock for this coming planting season. Very good explanation. I've seen it. This next part is that I feel like this next paragraph should be on like a, it's like a word problem for our, like a grower or like on an application. Let's do it. Because we have night now. Get, listen up. Uh, we're on a 30,000 square foot warehouse, 3, well insulated with 20 to 25 foot high ceilings. Yeah. We have 91 growers choice double ended CMHs placed on four foot centers. So every four square foot, they have one of these. And they can run uh, 600, oh, hold on. The lights are about eight foot off the ground. We are four weeks into flower on our earliest transplant, transplants and about two weeks into flower on our latest transplants. The lights are two to three above the larger plants. The ballast runs 600 to 1,000 watts. So you can choose in that range. He goes, however, we're running them at 420 watts with a separate controller. Hey, I don't understand that. 
I mean, hey, Guru, pop in here. Doesn't that affect spectrum when you dial down? That affects wattage? spectrum and efficiency of uh, depends APS on the equipment, like, though. Some bulbs are capable of, of adjusting. They're they're capable of adjusting, but that's not changing. They're not like LEDs, where the the less hard you drive them, the more efficient they work. Uh, HPS bulbs and ceramic metal halide bulbs and metal halide bulbs. When you start to dim them down, they're putting out less light per watt than they are if you just had them. They're they're designed to run full bore, right? And do that all the time, um, not not to be dimmed dimmed down like that. And you you will have a change in spectrum. Um, I don't know why they're doing that or what separate controller is letting them dim those down beyond just below six hundred watts. Yeah, that's strange. I'd be weary of that. I'm I'm just looking at this already, and I'm thinking flip room for these guys. They gotta if they're in flower in both rooms. Could they flip them twelve twelve and and use half the electricity? I'm sorry, use half the light energy. You definitely could do that. They also have with as high ceilings as they have, right? And, and where they're underdriving these lights, uh, you could basically turn these lights to full bore, take down like half of them, mm-hmm. uh, if not a little bit more, and raise them up so that you get the the even coverage from them, and do it like that. Um, that would be more what you would like trying to do in a greenhouse yeah yeah but but and, and also in doing that and you're, you're gonna have less light in the room but uh making seed is not like making uh bud. yeah bud. you don't need as much light intensity don't need near as much light intensity on the plants um and that was the issue we, we didn't fully get to is that they're having an issue with cooling it they didn't have enough ac so he's like what do i do you know shut off half the lights or do i run all the lights um, you know, he says it's critical that we bring the heat down in the room because they're trying to pollinate the plants. And they said they were, by the end of the day, their heat's getting up to 80 Fahrenheit. And I was reading that heat, you know, ideally, I was like, well, what is that? What's up with that? Like, why does it need to be lower? And I pulled off here. It says the temperature of a room where pollination occurs should be around 24 Celsius. See it fully converting Canadian. You guys got that? <laughs> You've changed, man. That's about 75. And he goes with humidity no greater than 65. And the reason is as hot, the hotter it is, the less oxygen per cubic meter of air, allowing the specks of pollen to remain suspended in the air longer. And that was from dynafem.org. I don't know how important because allowing the specks of pollen to stay suspended in the air longer, you're manually applying pollen, aren't you, to a degree if you want to do this? Or is it too big of an area? Uh, it, prob- it, probably too big of an area to go through and hand pollinate everything. Yeah, it's uh, on. Yeah, yeah re- really, you, you start blowing Depends around. Depends on how much your labor costs. Blowing around pollen in the room and get a leaf blower and make sure you get it all all over the place. But po- pollination is going to occur pretty rapidly. And uh, it's not like you have to keep these parameters through the whole grow. <laughs> yeah, hey, by the way, hand it's like It's like 18 days in the flower. You pollinate. The, everything gears up to start making seed production from that point forward. Like it. So you vote on his last questions, or do I turn off some of the lights and increase, increase wattage? Guru, you say yes, yes instead of leaving on all the lights and decreasing the wattage. Mm, run them, yeah. But 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 yeah, run them at max and raise your lights up so that you get because you're, you're going to be running less lights. So your grid pattern over your three thousand square feet is going to change a little bit. Um, and do the math, man. Do I, I mean just I don't know how long you're going to run this facility. Do the conversion math. Give somebody like Spectrum King a call, for example, and say, hey. This is what I have. I mean, they'll totally help you out as well as look at potential rebates or anything going on. Because if you're running this facility for X amount of more time, an upgrade sometimes can pay for itself pretty quick. It's true. And Especially because with LED and the temperatures you can run with LED, uh, your HVAC is going to have a lot less load on it. A, yeah, a lot less. Well, and he wants to lower temperatures, though, for pollination. 
I don't know, to be honest, I would look into that further because if he's just saying, look, my room gets up to 80, <clears throat> at what a, at what point does how much more power less pollination do you get at 80 degrees versus 75 degrees Fahrenheit? Is that significant? I mean, I don't know. I don't know because I'm not a breeder, but research that a little bit would be good to know. Yeah, I mean, you said the max is 75 is what they recommend. That's like yeah, optimal or ideal 75 degrees. Yeah, gotcha. ideal. All right, before the next grow talk question, I want to remind you guys in Michigan. Coming up right around the corner, uh, Ann Arbor, the Regenerative Organic Cannabis Conference. Yes. So, yes, exactly. We could have a lot of good speakers there heading up. You can see Aquaponics Steve will be coming, and uh, Suzanne, oh, Suzanne Rainwright as well will be there, the, the bug, bug lady. We're going to talk about KNF as well. All this information will be over at regenerativeorganiccannabis.com. Coupon code DGC if you're going. And Michigan's strong, so I'm thinking they have a pretty good turnout for this. If you don't know what it is, I've went to one. It's hella good education. You can't access this stuff in the forums, if you will. Um, I think sometimes some of the speakers have not necessarily an issue, but <clears throat> they want to get a little hesitant even now, Scotty, when they're given this really valuable information that it's almost just like not, I guess, I don't know if stolen is the right word. Huh. Well, you some, know what? They probably paid a lot of money for it. I know somebody like Suzanne, and she went to you know, graduate school, college, graduate school, then studied for years, you know, to have the specialty. So they just put everything online so everyone can grab it and twist it. And that's probably the worst thing she's worried about is people twisting it. You know what I mean? Mis yeah. Misrepresenting it and misinterpreting it. And I have some of the uh, the speakers here as well. You got uh, Leighton Morrison, Chris Trump, Korean National Farming. Hey, he's an interesting uh, guy. I've been checking some of his stuff out online. Very interesting guy, Chris Trump. Chip Osborne, Sorrel, Fertility and Testing. Steve Reisner with Aquaponics. Love that guy. Uh, so Joshua Rutherford hanging. So go check it out Friday, March 21st, that weekend, regenerativeorganiccannabis.com, coupon code DGC. Yes, All sir. Right. Yes, sir. I would like to go to that if it wasn't so many other. There's so much stuff going on in the cannabis world, man. All right, let's get to another Grow Talk question. This is titled Massive Tricantanol. Yes. From Newbie Doobie. Where's the Doobie Boobie DGC at? <laughs> Haven't heard from him in a bit. We so, have one? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, Doobie, oh, Doobie and, it says, I think it's Doobies, Doobie and Boobies. Sorry. Doobies and Boobies. That's what it is. All right. I heard the dude gave away an ingredient for his super secret no spill regimen <laughs> a few episodes uh -huh. back. He mentioned a product called Massive, and Guru said, you're giving away that tri the tricantinol secret. So what's the deal, DGC? Massive is available on Amazon Prime for $30 or something. Should I already have this? Is this a salt-based nutrient? It says it's derived from bee byproducts. I'm assuming that is that is the, this is the honey or beeswax. Could it be other bee byproducts? Bee shit? Question mark. Bee dead bee carcasses? I can get legitimate bee shit, okay? Nobody gets this. <laughs> if I have bees, can I just drizzle some fresh honey on my medium and get the positive effects of tricantinol? Hey, it's just a byproduct, okay? We also have seen that tricantinol is found in alfalfa tea. If I brew up some tea, would I get the same effects from a product like Massive? That's my, there's my grower thoughts for the day. All right. All right. So I know uh, tricantinol, you can get it from brewing, brewing uh, alfalfa. Alfalfa is where they actually discovered, I think in like the 60s, that uh, stuff that grew near alfalfa grew a lot better than if it didn't grow near alfalfa. Huh. Interesting. 
Yeah. And 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 then they they did more research into it and found out that tricantinol was actually the like active constituent doing that. Um, and tricantinol does a huge range of it's a it's a like an alcohol sugar, right? Um, and it's a whole range of stuff for uh, just plant growth in terms of like yield, photosynthesis, protein synthesis, uh, just just being able to uptake water and nutrients from the soil. Uh, if it's a legume, nitrogen fixation, uh, it increases the enzyme activity throughout the whole plant, makes it make more amino acids, specifically L-amino acids right. that are usable by the plant. Um, yeah, it just and, and it, it, it has been shown to help increase uh, secondary metabolites and oil production in crops, which is where and we might find it important for a bloom booster. I would tell you, yeah, so Massive's an additive uh, by Green Planet Nutrients. Green Planet Nutrients has no sponsorship of the show. I've run into the guys at Plenty Trade Shows, seems like some cool cats. Right. I can tell you why I like it is what they list as far as it's got a lot of different shit in it. And I have the little ha- pamphlet here. It's got L-formamine, L-form amino acids. Vitamins, tricantinol, enzyme activators. I'm not going in detail on all these. Um, a carbohydrate blend, and then also a base, like a M- little bit of an MPK, some chelated minerals in case your plant's missing out on some of those, uh, humic and fulvic. So it's got a lot of stuff in it. I really like, which I have to revisit with them, the way it is a byproduct of the bee industry. It's a product that would be waste, and they have a very unique system of how they do this. It's a very unique product. And I think that this form of tricantinol has, from what I've seen, versus alfalfa tea or whatever else you're trying to do, there's been tricantinol powders on even like Alibaba and shit at one right. time we are talking about on the show. <laughs> Seems to be very plant available, and I seem to see results. It's such my hashtag no spill. Um, I usually got a bottle of, of Massive around for in bloom, and I use it on. I don't use it exactly how they want you to use it quite a bit all the time at a pretty high rate. I use it on my like my, my once a week treat days sometimes. Like I'm just gonna water in with sure. a Massive today. Uh, so that's what the deal is with it in a in a nutshell. And that was good information on. I mean, tricantinol. I feel like it's not absolutely necessary, but if you can have it in your regimen as a grower, you should. Yeah, you know what? A guru actually found this information over on the Build a Soil website, and there's some pretty interesting, I don't know about these statistics, though. Take a look at this. It says when they did a control with rhododendrons, you know, the variable control, a little scientific method going on, it's they got 30.2 grams of total plant weight from the, the control plant and 83.1 grams from the plant treated five times with tricantinol. That's a 275% increase. They and that's got, just total biomass of the plant, though. So. Still, Jesus Christ, the diameter thickness of the trunk at the base was four millimeters on the untreated, eight millimeters. So 100% on the treated, 100% uh, increase on the one treated. I don't see this kind of, you don't see this kind of results when you use tricantinol, do you, dude? I think there's uh, pretty clear claim- 30% increases in yield. On on it, cannabis is pretty pretty proven. What percentage is thirty? That's what that and that's what massive or Green Planet claims as well. I know obviously labels claim a lot of shit these days. Uh, you know, such as when Scotty first put on his recharge label, stronger plant or what'd you say results in forty eight hours or what's your label read? Forty eight hours, homie. Absolutely, ain't that still Are, on there? The that's day. still on there. Fuck yeah. So, but yeah, this is one of them that I find I got to get in touch with them. They're actually out here in BC in my backyard. So try and get some hookups for the crew and get them on, on board. I give it an approval. Yes. Yes. Even though plenty of people don't want the plastic bottle and plenty of people got their own ways of doing their own things. So don't let me poo poo on your game. Oh, just reuse the plastic bottle. Okay. 
like kombucha, if you're like that hip kombucha person, you go refill your kombucha container off the tap at the vitamin cottage. Oh, that's people you know, dude. That ain't nobody I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear God, it's funny. Like one day, like I could talk to somebody in the morning, like, what are you doing, dude? I'm like, oh, I just had some, you know, some yogurt, strawberries and granola. And like, oh, yeah, and make, make some joke. And then, like, the next day, though, just I'm eating fucking eggs and bacon and some sausage and, like, a, you know, truck-style breakfast or something. What's Stereotype the matter with that? I, I don't understand what's the matter with that. Oh, it just depends on when people – sometimes people catch it. You can get food stereotyped pretty quick. Like, if you walk in somewhere and you just – you got, like, a – what are you drinking? Oh, I'm having a smoothie with some turmeric and ginger in it. Like, they automatically – got to have the soup. black pepper, too, though. Oh, I'm stereotyping and you. Ca- and cayenne. <laughs> You've done it, Scotty. You guys have stereotyped me so many times in the bakery. Here, here comes a dude with a stinky salad. <laughs> That's right. Well, when you show up with a salad, it's a, yeah, I'm stereotyping. I'm putting you in a box, I, I snuck. I snuck a banh mi, uh, like kale salad past Scott yesterday. He didn't even know. Huh. Huh. Yeah. All right. I'm going to talk about radical bag spelled R-A-D-I-C-L-E. And I did not know until today I was doing a little research that radical actually means the part of the plant embryo that develops into the primary root. Yeah. Don't you remember? uh, Oh, I told us that. That's why I named it that. I do not remember. I'm like, this uh, This whole time I've been talking about radical bags. I don't even know the true meaning here because the term radical means root, and that is the focus of the radical bag. Um, so let's talk about, you know, do you want to talk about the biodynamics of your rhizosphere in a multitude of ways right now? I, I would, but then I think I'd start getting into my feelings and my emotions. And <laughs> I probably shouldn't get off on that, you know? Guys, the radical bags, great bags, you can use over and over and over again. They have a real fine mesh that works. It creates a great water tension, if you will, for when you're watering in. You don't get to pour out the side with some other containers that will just, you don't, you know, if you got a dry container, you got to worry about losing water or when you're watering in. And as well as reusable over and over, they got also the biggest thing about these is for me is the air pruning. When I, when you transplant and then you take these out, if you've ever taken out of a five gal, let's say at the end of flower, and yep. you see your roots are all swirled around mm-hmm. everywhere in a pattern. And then when you take out one of these, all the roots just kind of end and then like fuzz out. They don't have that swirling, more surface area, more nutrient uptake. More so. nutrient uptake. Nutrients are absorbed through the tip of the of the root. So, you know, when you got that yes. swirling like that, that's a lot of wasted uh, wasted energy. Really hard, really, well, I don't want to make it sound like impossible, but for overwatering, um, a lot of air for the root zone is sure too. It's going to be harder to, to overwater in these type of bags. So check them out. Coupon code DUDE, Garden Gear Supply, and get your old radical bags. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I got a transplant. I got a transplant soon, yesterday. I always get like that. I got to get out, like, I let my plants just, I don't hit them on their point. You know, they're, I gotta, they slow down a little, but then right. when I transplant, it's good to see the burst. Yes, it is. Just grand, just grow talk rambling. Grow rambling. Where are we at? We're talking about powdery mildew? Yes, help? sir. Powdery mildew help. And yes, you know, it's not, it's okay to ask for help a little bit earlier next time. <laughs> Okie d- posted this by Okie Dokie. Okie Dokie. Okie Dokie. Okie Dokie. Sorry. 2369. You know these picks. Just look at the picks. They're Ouch. kind of just, They're a little painful. Yeah. Uh, it's a bad time, too, guys. He's well into flower. Is all those white spots powdery mildew like I think it is? Yes. Cali O day 30, a month in. How can I stop it? Get rid of it. I can't let Layla die. She's my first. <laughs> I've read about a few sprays that supposedly work. Do I spray the buds? Two question mark. Any recommendations or solutions are greatly appreciated. We've talked about powdery mildew 
a lot on the show. Go over to dudegrows.com, search powdery mildew. There's a link here on this Grow Talk question to another powdery mildew uh, thing. I wanted to focus a little, Scotty, on how do we prevent this from again as well? What do you do here? Because a guru used the word sporulated, and I was like, oh, that's <laughs> I liked it. But it's already, it's already all over the place. If you could equate powdery mildew to a sexually transmitted disease, which one would it be? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I've never Herpes? had one. <laughs> no, because you can get rid of it, though. You can get rid of it. Kind of. It's, it's all over that room. Yeah. So what do you have to do to that room? You should probably, what was that treatment you could do back in the day? Remember there was that treatment that was oh, like pro the gas cure, one. pro-cure. You would have to gas the whole room. But uh, I mean, chlorine dioxide gas is what that is. You're going to have to do something like that to get rid of it, all this powdery mildew. And and that's not going to save these plants either. Mm. And But powdery mildew. It's mildew's, tough. So you take 30 days in the flower. Do you think you should cut these down? This is a lot of powdery mildew, man. And, and it's completely just sport. Once you see these white patches on the Wait, leaves, say it again. It's completely sporulated. Sporulated out into the entire tent. Why do I love that? Um <laughs> and it's a little late to start to try and use some sulfur or something like that and it's a heavy infection yeah and it looks like it's i don't know how that air movement it looks like he says the air movement's pretty good i mean you could try to knock it down with something i guess those flowers look nice they do they do but I don't like you could try to knock it down with sm90 you know something like that that's really no i don't like I don't uh, either, but I mean the sp- the smell of it. Why is why this far in the flowering? So you cut it down and maybe make some edibles. Thirty days in could be pretty interesting. High. Have you, you ever know? seen the like pH water they have at like health food stores now? Yeah, like yep, pH nine, nine water, pH mm-hmm. ten water. Yep. Uh, they make that through a process called electrically. Oc- it's it's called EO water, electrically ox- oxidizing water. Okay. Um. That can be used. It's used in commercial kitchens for as a disinfectant now instead of bleach. Um, it works really well uh, as a disinfectant. Is that like ozone or anything like that? No, no. It it's it's just it, it is pure water. Okay. Now they sell um, it at health food stores for people that want to drink water the, more. Instead of adding an acid or a base to the water to change the pH, right. they change the amount of free hydrogen by running electricity through it. So you can't just pH up your water and have the same thing. And you, no, if you have a pH up, no, no, it, it, it's, it's not the same. It's it's pure water and allows it to have a like oxidizing effect on. Uh, biologicals like powdery mildew and stuff like that. So I've done this and basically that's your choice. If you want to, if you have access to getting uh, that, you know, that water comes in pretty big sizes at the health food store, you got to be on it though. Like your labor has gone up Mm -hmm. extremely. You don't have a really big grow here. It looks so if you want to take the challenge um, and and you you have to spray every, I'm going to do like every two days, every two to two and a half days, spray your down your canopy completely with that water and every time it hits PM, well, you're never going to completely get rid of it. And there um, are that- there are a couple things you can do to try and help knock it down a little bit. PM doesn't really like uh, high temperatures. Um, I know in grapes they use it's called the powdery mildew index. And there's certain things that would uh, potentially make there be more risk of powdery mildew coming around. Okay. And one of the things that lowers a powdery mildew index is uh, high temperatures. If you can get depending on his lighting too, if you can get the temperatures in your room over 95 degrees for just like 15 minutes, a couple times a day for Mm. a couple days successively, you can greatly lower the amount of potential that powdery mildew that's already in your room has to be able to grow 
um, an increase in population. Make sure your plants well hydrated. Well yeah, hydrated. You said for 15 and 20 minutes at a time. That's and no and yeah, deal. 15 going up that high for 15 or 20 minutes isn't going to have any negative effects on your plant. Sure. It just sometimes in a tent or not in a commercial environment, that's kind of hard to achieve. Right. Uh, but as long as you have good airflow and you get your temperatures up that high and well-watered plants, you can really lower the amount of impact powdery mildew well, is going to be able to have on your plants uh, just by raising temperatures. But Fumador had some good points as well. Uh, shout out to Memes, AZ Cushman, Just Cool, and you guys in the comments. Fumador is talking about now that you got PM, you know, basically that crops after we gave you an option if you want to uh, try and save it. But if you have other genetics around, mother plants, clones, right. a right. veg area, I mean, I would get rid of it because you're going to infect the other area. You'd have to be so freaking careful, um, which is possible if you have just the utmost regimen of going from one area to the shower and changing clothes, and again, which ups your time and regimen to grow. It's such a pain in the ass, and good luck trying to get every every little spore off you. It's sporulated, goddammit. And how did you get it in the first places where you got to go? Mm-hmm. How did that, how'd you get PM? It doesn't just show up. Uh, there's many factors to it, but you got to, did you bring in genetics, figure out how not to get it again and really focus on that? Because I have had growers, swear to God, I know one grower that has had PM. I don't know if he still has it, but he has had PM for like literally, I think three years. And what he does, has a regimen with Eagle 20 and veg, which I don't approve of. And he hits all his nursery and shit with Eagle 20, but still always one or two plants to get some PM over there. And I'm wondering if he's just like breeding PM resistant, like shit that's resistant to Eagle 20 and has got his own little laboratory, doesn't even know it. That's how that happens, though. Jesus. Like that is exactly how that happens. Improper use of pesticides and fungicides are the reason we have uh, like resistant mites and resistant powdery mildew uh, fungal strains. And just yeah, like, like that. Dude, you it, shut it, down. if especially in populations uh, in microbiology like that, if you put an environmental pressure on a population, eventually there's going to be some mutation in that population for it to be able to, if you have a big enough population for it to be able to overcome that environmental pressure and fungicides and pesticides are just part of that whole environmental pressures thing on the insects itself. Oh, and if you do want to hit it from one more thing on that, other than you want to rotate between some of that alkaline water. Uh, at an eight and a half or a nine, right. either one of those should work, right, Guru? Is it up to an eight and a half or nine? I think generally ten is the the is most the, the most recommended one and wait, for powdery mildew. So let me just trip on this for a second. pH is the power of hydrogen, right? It's the inverse logarithm of the H plus concentration in a solution. Yeah. All right, that doesn't help me out a bunch, but it's the power. <laughs> it, so it's it, hydrogen it, it, ions, it's, right? It's how much free <laughs> hydrogen is around in that solution? So yeah. you can either put more free hydrogen in there or less, or remove and, some of the ions. Well, you could put more free hydrogen. In there by putting an acid, which would be like phosphoric acid or something. Okay, where, where say we don't want to do that. Say we want to do it purely chemically. It purely chemically or just by only using water. Right. Um, they kind of oxidize the, the water, give it an oxidizing potential by running electricity through it. And that kind of splits the the hydrogens off of the oxygen gotcha. and, and leaves them, the oxygen kind of evaporates out of the water and comes out of solution and the hydrogen stays. Okay. And it, and it gives it that like oomph that lets it kill biologicals but no like seriously like commercial uh kitchens and stuff have completely stopped using bleach and and everything and they have eo water generators in their kitchens and you can actually get one they're they're only like six or seven hundred dollars um and they let you completely tell it what ph you want the water to come out at um and and it'll change it through electrical oxidation i'm looking on prime right now what is it eo uh eo water generator 
All right, we're going to get one branded for the DGC. <laughs> and then we're going to sell it for, uh, wait a minute, let's call it frequency water but and no, sell it. Well, well hold up, there, <laughs> there's some truth behind that. That frequency water is EO water, um, but EO water either needs to be used right after it's generated or it has some storage stuff you have to do because it's it has an electrical potential to it. So if you sit it on concrete or you leave that bottle sitting on concrete, uh, it'll lose that that oxidizing potential um, just by being grounded. Wow. So that's why that's why some people will just like rave on what was it? Mighty Cure? the Mighty Wash. Mighty Mighty Wash, wash. the frequency water. Some people would rave about it and talk about how good it was and how well it worked. And some people would say it didn't do shit. And it's because some people some people would leave it sitting on concrete and it loses its 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 whole thing that it makes it work. Wow. What a trip. So electrolyzed water system, Amazon Prime, I'm seeing shit, and this is Canadian, like 160 and stuff, just making like a pitcher at a time. Right. Might be on a cool product for the garden. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. I, and there's lots of other like it's really good for sterilization and just being able to fine-tune that that pH, uh, I mean, you could even use it for if you had a really small garden, watering your garden. Here, I'll tie this into my shout out because it's always good to rotate. Like when I battled hemp russet mites, I used like three different products, rotated my sprays. Sure. Um, Oblique Foliar's ATAC is very like it's, it's not all products a month into flowering or further are easy to spray because there's a residual smell and this and that or has something in it you don't want in your flowers. Right. It's, uh, ATAC is a little bit, of, I believe it's a slight copper as well as sulfur in there, but it has like almost zero, if no smell to it. So I used that one time all the way up to harvest and had, I, I mean, I still had to use it. I'm not saying it solved it. I don't give right. you guys anything that I say, just, oh, this just, PM has gone, but really helped. You'd, you'd spray it. You'd not see PM for about three days anywhere. And then you'd see it pop up a little bit sure, somewhere. That sulfur, huh? But yeah, it's a good, uh, good thing to put in. If you could pull those plants out too, don't forget that. Thin them up right now too, man. We didn't say that. Thin up your plants a little. Thin up that canopy because Air it's going to help you get yeah. the spray on most of the plant. And if you can pull them out of the tent to spray them, uh, do that as well. And if you have any other plants around, just assume they're going to get PM. And try yes. not to have any plants around until you do a thorough sterilization. Good Sterilization. Advice. Spoken like a guy that's had powdery mildew before. <laughs> All right. It's been a while. I know. I'm it has sure. been a while. Is it going to be this summer in Canada? Can I can I go a whole time? I live here and not get PM. What do you think? Yes, I believe in you, dude. All right, we got one more uh, here. Storing clones for three days. All right, let's get. So help we, me out. Help me understand this one. I was trying to understand this and I was a little confused. Sure. This is uh, by Koopa Loop. What's up, GDC? Just started listening to the show and I'm hooked. Oh, All right. Shucks. Don't get, I get worried about some people that are hooked or like, I listen every day, dude. I'm like, I don't know. At one point you're going to get burnt out and it's going to be like, I'm over that shit. Wow. That's, a, <laughs> that's awesome. You guys have already saved my grow and I haven't even started. Couldn't have found it a more perfect time. So I'm a first time grower. Grow won't be set up for three more days. Just waiting on my containers and soil to show up. I recently purchased a couple clones from a local dispensary and I know I should have probably waited, but I loved the genetics. So I couldn't help myself. What are my options for keeping these two girls healthy while I wait for my containers and soil? And we're looking at three clones or two clones in a bag with like a little, you know, vent thing on the top of it. Right. And they're what, about, about two by two? Th- no, those are about three by three containers. Those are decent sized containers with soil in them, perlite soil. Yeah, and he goes, right now they are in his, his they're in a plastic bag with a built-in vent. This is where his clones are now to maintain humidity. Are they humidity. rooted or not? I think they're in one by one cubes. 
I can't, that looks bigger than, oh Jesus, I'm totally got my scale off. I thought this was so much bigger. I'm, no, yeah, those, are, those are one by, that looks like one by one cubes. So these are unrooted clones in one by one cubes? Um, I don't know if they're rooted or not, to tell you the truth. I don't um, think goes, I don't think a dispensary is selling sell unrooted. Clones. Yeah, I mean, in just that size of keeping a unrooted medium. clones in there would be really in a dispensary. Would be so really step hard. those things up. You know, what, what'd you say? I mean, go grab a keg cup or something like that and step those things up. I think he's saying he doesn't have his soil yet. So go First, find some soil at any hardware store and step those things up. And he's getting it in three cup. days. Those things will be completely fine for three days. Put them, you know, wherever they're going to get some light. Make sure they're getting, at, you know, more than twelve hours of light. Don't let three the roots days. get those li- get light though. I mean. Are those things even wrapped? It almost looks. No, these look like just like one by one bare rock wool cubes or something, basically. Yeah. So be careful about those roots. You don't want to have those roots getting a bunch of light on them because you don't want that, those cubes drying out. The main, True. And main you thing you're trying to avoid is those cubes drying out. Yeah. So I would plant them and you know go get yourself a little bit, you know, some keg cups or something like that, little 16 ounce cups, and just plant them. It'll help you from you know having to water them six times a day. I, guess I just ramp a damp towel around the two of them for a few days. I think you'd be good, but you can plant them right. if you want. Uh, the thing before all this, Scotty, yes, is you just got clones from a dispensary. Oh. So keep those things like audio. If you have a grow space or a tent, like you need to inspect the shit out of those. You need right. to treat them. I would treat them as well. I would dunk the rock wool. I've gotten clones from a dispensary that looked great. Didn't see much on the roots. I maybe, maybe not as new, new, newer grow at the time. Didn't scope them hard enough, but ended up getting root aphids uh, and had to kill the whole grow. Ouch. So that's 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 hurts, man. That hurts. Yeah, there can be a root aphid egg in a rockwool cube. You never even know it. Like you can have you you got to clean those clones. You got to dunk the the, the rockwool in a solution. There's different solutions. Man, I don't have one off the tip of my tongue that can kill. Um, a broader, broader spectrum root. I don't want you to do anything harsh that's going to stun them like a peripherum or any of that jazz. But uh, you want to just scope the hell out of them, spray them, and make sure you have no pests and you get off to a good start because I've been burnt that way and many people have been burnt. I'm not saying all dispensaries sell infected clones. But Wettable sulfur careful. dunk, also a good preventative measure to take on a clone too. Yeah, there you go. That would be nice because that'll jack up. I've heard sulfur that'll jack up uh, things in the root zone potentially if there's a negative like root aphid or egg or something. Oh, it'll fuck them up. And powdered mildew. <laughs> and like like sulfur. Sulfur is a really good like uh, when you're quarantining stuff and you just want to knock down anything that could potentially be on there. Wettable sulfur is a really good trick. Oh, you have to use it right though, or you can burn the shit out of your plant. Yeah, you do have to use it right, or you will kill everything. Mm-hmm. But it works. So. Yeah, if you have a grocery store to get a recommendation or make sure there's thorough instructions, good point. Uh, but I hope those work well because it looks like you got a lot of nice equipment coming. And welcome to the DGC Koopa Loop. Absolutely, but keep, if they're not if they're not rooted, man, keep some moisture on those things. Definitely. All right, so who got slinging a recharge? Oh, we got NPK Hydroponics over in Westminster, California. Appreciate all y'all. Not as good as Plant Parenthood. Oh, I'm just kidding. Still, that's my favorite grocery store. I think that's everyone's favorite grocery store name. Like, that's just perfect. Oh, Little Shop of Growers, that's a good one. They got a lot. There's lots of good grocery store names. You know what happens? You smoke weed and you think of a good name. <laughs> All right, you want to do some shout-outs here? Yes, I'll give shout out to Tips on Trees 303 and Hillbilly Hydro. That's a good one. Swiss Cheese 35 and NYC Farmers. Yeah, how about Johnny Blight and Grow by Jay? 
Dear Brother Buds, Midwest Grow Gad Gad Gad. Oh, thank God. All right. <laughs> clean your okay. asshole. Clean your asshole. And dude grows weed. What can you you got to clean your asshole, right? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. As long as you're sorry. Take her easy, you guys. You guys are so sad, assholes. <laughs> stay oh, that's higher. a good stay one. Higher. Take her friends. Some people love to blaze up the deck. Yeah, we get happy for noon. Take a little break That means we're lighting up a tube It's just weed It's just weed I like to keep the good buzz on, on, on It's just weed It's just weed In my toolbox there's a bone Some people start their day off with a pill It's what the doctor says to do They shake their heads Natural medicine, go ahead and try something new. It's just weed, it's just weed. I like to keep the good vibes on. It's just weed, it's just weed. I like to smoke it out of me Just look at how he's being paid. Wow. 